There was a woman at work when she received a phone call from the babysitter. Her daughter was very sick with a fever. She left work and stopped by the pharmacy to get some medication for her. She returned to her car and found that she had locked the keys inside and was unable to drive home. She didn't know what to do. She started to panic, so she called home and told the babysitter what had happened and told her that she didn't know what to do. The babysitter told her to find a coat hanger and see if she could open the door. The woman looked around, and sure enough, she found an old rusty coat hanger right there on the ground. But then she said, she looked at the coat hanger and went, I don't know what to do with this. So she bowed her head, and she asked God to send her some help. Within five minutes, a motorcycle roared up and pulled into the parking place next to her. A rough, sketchy, dirty-looking biker got off. Oh, is there a picture up there? He saw her situation, and he asked if he could help her. The woman said, this is what you sent to help me, God? She contemplated the man standing before her and finally decided to let him help. As she needed to hurry home to her sick daughter. He walked over to the car, and in less than one minute, the car door was open. She hugged the man, and through tears, she said, Thank you so much. You are such a nice man. The man replied, No, I'm not, lady. I just got out of prison for car theft. The woman hugged the man again, and now, through sobbing tears, she cried out to God, You even sent me a professional. I appreciate you laughing at that, Beth. <laughs> but this is how God is, right? This is what God does. He loves us so much. He loves us far beyond anything that we could fathom. The woman may have had this certain type of person in mind that she wanted to come along and help her, but God had a different idea. I'm not going to send you someone that you expect. I'm going to send you someone that you would never expect, and you are going to get a whole new love and respect for bikers, because she judged him at first, right? This is what you sent me. So I'm going to give you a whole new respect for these kind of people, and at the same time, I'm going to show him that I can use him, even though he's been in prison, I can use him for the glory of God. And he shows some love and respect to a soccer mom as well. So this morning I want to talk about how God loves us so much that he loves us so completely and he wants us to love him so completely and others the same way. And he does something that's mind-blowing to show us how much he loves us. And Jesus gave us a new commandment, but is it really new? So let's find out together. Our scripture this morning, 13, 31 through 35. John 13, 31 through 35. This morning I'll be reading from the NLT because I like the way that's worded. John 13, 31 through 35. 
As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter into his glory, and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only, uh, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now, my cutting out. So now I'm giving you a new commandment: love each other, just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. So I gave you a little homework to do on Facebook, and I told you to read all of chapter 13 and then Acts 2, 42 through 47. Did anybody do that? Anybody do that? Oh, okay. I was going to give out gold stars for people that did that, but I'm sure God still loves you and he will forgive you for not doing that. <laughs> but I'm going to still do a little background on it anyway. All right, so Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room and they are having the Last Supper on the night that he was arrested, betrayed. And Jesus gets up from the meal. He takes off his outer garment. He wraps a towel around his waist. And then he does something mind-blowing. He takes a bowl and washes the disciples' feet. And after he washes the disciples' feet, he goes back to his spot at the table and predicts his betrayal. And Judas rolls out and go gets his 30 pieces of silver and his departure sets in motion the betrayal, arrest, trial, and crucifixion of Jesus. And then Jesus predicts Peter's denial. Just before Jesus predicts Peter's denial, he tells the disciples that the time of his glorification has come. Not only is God going to be glorified in this process, but the Son is going to be glorified in the Father's glorification, and that glorification is an immediate one. And to see God's act of glorification through the tragedy of the death of the Messiah and the victorious resurrection is a crucial aspect of the gospel presentation. Then Jesus calls his disciples children. This is a very intimate designation. Jewish leaders often call their students by this designation. But this particular designation is how God feels about us. He cares about us very deeply and very intimately. He tells them that, it, that his time is short and that they cannot come, but Peter, he tells Peter in verse 36 that he can't come with them right now, but they will follow him soon. And here's what I want us to focus on this morning. Jesus says in John 14 or John 13, 34, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, 
you should love each other. So is this really a new commandment? We see this commandment from the Mosaic Covenant, the covenant that God made with Moses on Mount Sinai. The Mosaic Covenant had two love commandments in it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, Deuteronomy 6.5. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord, Leviticus 19.18. And then in Matthew 22.37 through 40, Jesus tells us that the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, Hang on these two commandments, to love God and to love people. So what makes this commandment new? So let me ask you a very important question before we answer that question. So don't raise your hand like you didn't do a while ago, right? Don't, don't raise your hand. But do you currently have someone, someone in your life that you would not want to spend any kind of of time with. Got that person in your head? All right. So keep that person in your head as we go along. So what we're talking about this morning is much of a struggle for me as it is for anybody else because we have human hearts and when those hearts are broken by somebody else's actions, it's really hard to be loving or to show any kind of love at all, right? Notice what Jesus says. He doesn't say, love only those you feel like loving or love only those who have never done anything to hurt you. He says, love one another just as I have loved you. And the significant thing that pops out to me in this particular discourse of Scripture is that Jesus clearly knew what was going to happen to him. In John 13, 31, John tells us, as soon as Judas left the room. Now, we notice that John wanted us to be aware that Judas had just left the room after Jesus had just washed his feet, which for John was more important than the Last Supper. And John's gospel is the only gospel that records Jesus stooping down in service to the disciples. John doesn't include the meal at all. He includes the foot washing. So what made the foot washing, what did that represent? It was the ultimate sign of humility for those gathered around that table, not only for them, but for us as well, because only the lowest servant in the house washed the feet of those who entered it. It was a slave's job. It was a slave's job to wash the feet. Now, remember, we're not talking about a time when roads were paved. We were, we're talking about when people wore shoes, they, didn't wear, uh, they wore sandals, they didn't wear they didn't wear closed-toed shoes. They didn't wear socks with their Under Armour slides on, right? So they were exposed, and they would walk around on these dirty, 
nasty dirt roads, and their feet would be nasty and funky with dirt all over them. And then it was the slave's job when you came into the house to wash the feet. And Jesus was God in the flesh. So this would have been very easy for it to be beneath him. But that's not who Jesus is. It's not who our great God is. For Jesus to stoop at the feet of all his disciples, including the one that would sell him out to die, it shows an unconditional love for everyone, no matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, what you're going to do. God loves you. Because Judas received the same amount of love as the rest of the disciples did. So when we struggle with loving people that hate us, it's good to be reminded of what Jesus asked of us. is not only to love those who love us, but also love those, but by his very example, to love those who hate us and persecute us. So that is what this commandment is all about. So is it new? Is it a new commandment? Absolutely. It is a commandment to love others with a love that will take up a towel and a bowl and humble themselves to serve others, to serve others as a slave would serve them. It's a love that will sacrifice themselves to save others. It is a love that cuts a lawn in 95-degree heat and 2,000% Florida humidity because somebody else can't do it. That's love. A love that sacrifices a weekend to serve others. It's a love that sacrifices at a youth camp to serve the youth. It's a love that's just not lip service love. It is love that takes action. So what does it look like to love one another? I think we don't have to look any farther than Acts 2, 42 through 47. And we see there how the early church treated each other. They showed up for God and they showed up for each other and they came into corporate worship and they praised God and they enjoyed the fellowship of each other and worshiped God together. And they showed up by studying the scripture together. And they're saying that they cared about what it meant to live a life devoted to the teachings of Jesus. And then leaving there and exemplifying that out into the world to go and be great for Jesus. And it means, loving others means to care about other people's needs over our own. Loving people means praying together to go before God, interceding, and saying a few words to God on somebody's behalf. And that's why prayer is so important in our worship. Prayer should be not only about our needs, but also the needs of others. 
And when we open up and we pray to God about our enemies, man, that's real love to be able to pray for your enemies. And breaking bread together, when we gather together here at this table or in the fellowship hall around those tables or tables in our homes, that's showing love. One of the things that I like to do is take some of these young people out, sit knee to knee with them, and talk to them about their problems or what's going on in their lives. That's a very intimate thing to sit and to break bread together. And some of Jesus' most significant teaching happened around a meal. I don't know what it is about your belly being full, that when your belly's full, that your ears open up a lot wider. Does that happen to anybody else, or is that just me? Right? So, and I don't know if it's just your belly being full that you're more uh, apt to receive the love that's floating around. But having open and frank conversations with each other shows that you have love for that person. Being vulnerable in those moments is what I think Jesus desires most of all. And true love means sharing with those in need, showing hospitality, sharing money and possessions, humbly expressing a desire to help others in service. And a big one, words of encouragement. I cannot tell you how it feels to have words of encouragement, to have people speak words of life into you. That is love, when you can speak words of life into somebody and not words of death. We, if we do all of these things, there's only one result, that we will be strengthened in love and that people will know that we are Jesus' disciples. And the Lord will add to our number, as it says in Acts 2, 47, he will add to our number daily those who are being saved. Not just church members. We're not just talking about people in the pew. We're talking about changed lives because that's what we're supposed to be about. We're supposed to be about changing lives, not just getting people to sit in the pew. And if we can show love to those who rise up against us and persecute us, there is no doubt who we follow. We follow Jesus. So I get it. I mean, I live in the real world, too, and it's very hard to love someone unconditionally. It's hard to love some people uh, unconditionally. It's tough to do that for everybody that we meet. But we can try a little harder. We can try a little harder to strengthen those around us in love. And our political climate is out of control. Would anybody agree with that? <laughs> yeah. When we step on the necks of others and when we loot and burn businesses, and when we beat and kill and call people names and treat them like they don't matter and that they don't have a voice, that is in no way, shape, or form 
love. What the world needs today is Jesus. What the world needs today is the church. And it's a church that is willing to take the gospel message to a world that desperately needs to hear it. So what do you think that Jesus would say today if he came rolling up here and grabbed the mic? What do you think that Jesus would say to us today? Here's what I think Jesus would say. I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. To God be the glory.